When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I've always used this quote, victorious warriors win first and then go to war while defeated warriors go to war first and then seek to win. And I think that says it all in terms of the preparation that's needed in order to be successful in whatever you do. Jim Collins is the head football coach at Wittenberg University. He's a coach that I got to know when he was the head coach at Capitol. He did an outstanding job there and really had a program that was very competitive before he moved on to Saginaw Valley State. Uh, From there, he served as an analyst at Army, then went on to Dayton as the offensive coordinator, and now goes back to his alma mater as the head football coach at Wittenberg. And in this podcast, which we took from Lawrence First in Gold Clinic, the first part of his clinic talk, he, he talks about how much offense do you really need and thinks about the situations that you're going to see over the course of the game. So I think this is an outstanding podcast to listen to at this time of the year. As you start to plan, what are you going to carry into this next season? And Coach really then gets into the details of how this works all the way into a game plan. Speaking of Lawrence first and goal, registration is open. It is next week, a week from today. Uh, The clinic will be in session with a great lineup of coaches, over 130 coaches right now. We expect to add a few more. Go to lfgf2022.coachesclinic.com to register. Remember, this clinic supports a great cause in funding pediatric brain tumor research and cancer services. Again, check that out at lfgf2022.coachesclinic.com. Here's a clinic talk from last year with Coach Jim Collins of Wittenberg. I thought this was a great topic. I really, as I'm sure all of us are, intrigued by by just getting ready to play games. You know, you talk about fundamentals and scheme and everyone wants to be an expert at that. And that's where, where I think you really, in terms of developing players, you have to be an expert in fundamentals and scheme. But to put people in a position to win and prepare for that football game every week, I think is as critical as anything else. And just wanted to share some of the thoughts and ideas of the way we've done it. And it's evolved through the years, as I'm sure everyone else's game playing and practice organization has, has evolved. But just share some of the insights that, that we've used, especially the last few years as the game has changed and got even more in terms of situational football. Start with this quote right here. 
And, and these are things we show our players. As I've heard many times in this clinic and through the years, you've got to get players to buy into everything. That's everything that you do. That's what we do as coaches. We're teachers. In order to teach, you have to have buy-in. And I think you have to have a team that understands the purpose of practice and the purpose of preparation. I've always used this quote, victorious warriors win first and then go to war while defeated warriors go to war first and then seek to win. And I think that says it all in terms of the preparation that's needed in order to be successful in whatever you do. We talk about this, really intrigued by Pete Carroll and reading his book probably 10, 11 years ago, where he talked about peak performance and how practice relates to it and, and so forth. And I think players have to understand this, that practice leads to peak performance, peak performance leads to winning. Really, I think the biggest part of peak performance, when you talk about this right here, peak performance happens when an athlete can execute and play with total confidence in his technique and assignment and without fear or doubt, with a quiet of mind, this athlete knows he's going to win. That only happens by getting repetition and quality repetitions and, and putting in the time and going through the process. And it is a process. We're process-driven. You hear that word all the time. Alabama, throw, uh, Nick Saban throws that word around, and, and, and is, it's the truth. I think it's a process. If you follow the process of preparation and practice, that puts you in a position to, to win football games and to be successful. So we talk about core practice values, and I'm going to kind of jump back and forth a little bit when it comes to practice and what you're trying to get out of practice and as far as organization and purpose, and then the game planning part of it. But we talk about practice values, and really what we want to do in practice is compete on every rep. And I think that's so important that you put players in an environment where it's, there's a constant competition, whether it's a routes on air drill where you're working to get 10 in a row before you move on to the next route concept, or it's one-on-one -on -one and you're keeping score and there's a winner or loser, or it's just at the end of the practice or the next day, you're able to tell your guys how many third and mediums they converted during practice and how much better or worse that was than what the goal that, that you have on a, on a weekly basis is. But we talk about this first and foremost. We want to mentally and physic, physically condition our players in practice to deal with situations and adversity. And really, not the whole practice, but certain parts of practice need to be tougher than the game. And I always go back to just the best teachers you had in the classroom, the best math teachers you ever had, you all remember, were the math teachers that made the homework tougher than the test. And that's what we really want to do. We want to make certain parts of practice harder than what it's going to be like in the game, more mentally and physically taxing. Can't do it every day, all day, the whole week, but certain parts need to be that way. It's going to prepare the players to be able to handle that adversity, to handle the tempo, to handle the, the conditioning that's required of them to play four quarters and maybe an overtime. The stressing of fundamentals and execution. And once again, you got to have guys that make plays, but through the course of, of that, 11 guys on offense have to be drilled and, and have to be really, really good at the fundamentals and have to understand that execution wins games, not emotion, not getting all fired up and coming out of the locker room with smoke coming out of their ears, but at the end of the day, relying on those fundamentals in the execution. And really for us, the most important fundamentals are blocking and ball security. When you're talking about offense, 
And ball security is really all encompassing. It's how we handle the football. It's how the quarterback and center execute the quarterback center exchange. It's the ability to accurately throw the ball on time and receivers being able to catch the ball. So it's really not just how we hold the ball going through traffic to avoid fumbles. It's all encompassing. But really offensive football is blocking the ball security. And that's what we're going to emphasize every day. We're going to emphasize execution by maximizing reps. We're a no huddle team. We're going to practice fast. I always said, even if we ever decided to be a huddle team, we would practice as a no huddle team because it's the way to maximize reps and get in as many reps as you can. And I think that's so critical. As we said, repetitions, quality repetitions. And we're going to correct on the fly. We're going to, we're going to grade film. We're not going to be real wordy with our corrections. We're going to correct on the fly. We're going to move to the next play so we can maximize reps. Still going to be a teaching environment, but what we want to do is get as many quality reps in the practice as we possibly can. We're going to also emphasize explosive plays. And it's important for our guys to understand that we're not just going to scheme up explosive plays by throwing the ball down the field or, or whatever, or trick plays, but we're going to work on finishing blocks. We're going to work on finishing plays in the red zone we're going to, or in the end zone. We're going to run after the catch, et cetera. So we're going to emphasize explosive plays in practice. And then we're going to, we're going to really prepare our guys for all the critical situations that come up during the game. And that's what our practices are. It's all situation. What you're able to accomplish by really being situational in practice is a player's ability to not just execute their assignment in those critical situations, but also to be able during a game to anticipate what call is going to come in from the sideline. So they know it's a base down and we're in the red zone. They know what to expect. They know what play to, that's going to come in from the sidelines because we practiced it that week in practice. On third and short, they know what plays come in because we've practiced that situation in that play during the course of the week. The other things you have to emphasize, because if it's not emphasized in practice, it's not going to happen in the game, but the ability to play with poise, be disciplined, and avoid committing force penalties, because at the end of the day, those are the things that get you beat. So, so shifting that discussion from practice to, to core offense, in the offseason, we talk about this, and then into the game week, we're going to talk about this. And I think it goes hand in hand with practice. So these are really two parallel lines uh, that work together throughout your whole strategic organization of how you, how you do your offense. But number one in your core offense, how many plays do you need? And that's what we talk about. Our plays have to fit situations. So we need situations, but we also need plays that can attack defenses and the dif different defenses we're going to see. I'm going to show you a graph in a second, but really at the end of the day, we all carry more plays than we need. And how many, how many more plays you should carry than you need is really what everyone has to figure out because you can only teach so much. But this is, this is a discussion that we have as an offensive staff every year. How many plays do we need? Are we, are we doing too much? Should we look at doing this and not doing that? So I think that's a strategic question. And it comes up when you start really analyzing what happens in each football game and during the course of the season. And we talk about football being a situational. Can you account for every situation that comes up in a game? And, you can, and can you get enough reps in practice so that your players can become proficient at it? Ultimately, that's what question you have to answer. So it doesn't matter if you're running the wishbone, the triple option, the spread, the air raid, whatever it is. 
Can you account for every situation that comes up in a game and can you get enough reps in practice? The last thing we, any of us want to be doing in my 30 years of coaching, it's happened. And as a coaching staff, you, you regret it, but do you want to show up on Sunday morning and say, we should have done that, or I wish we would have done that, or I wish we would have prepared for that. And that's really as coaches, what we're trying to avoid that situation, the situation in a position where our players weren't prepared for that moment in the game. And ultimately that falls back on us as coaches. So really all of our planning, when we put our core offense together, it's got to look at these situations right here, analyze these situations and see if we have the things in our offense and can we prepare our players on a weekly basis for these situations. And these aren't all of them. These are just, these are, these are just some of them. But we talk about base downs at first and 10, second and medium in the open field and red zone. So, and second and long. Third down, fourth down. Here's one of the things right now that's that's big in, in all levels of football is analytics. And there are probably more fourth down situations that the offense is taking advantage of and going for rather than sending the punt team out on the field or the field goal team than ever before. So being prepared on fourth down and your team understanding the fourth down situation is different than third down. Third down, you don't make it, you punt. Fourth down, you don't make it. You're giving the other team the football. So it's it's not simply good enough just to practice third down situations and think that can carry over to fourth down. Red zone goal line, obviously, coming out of the backed up offense, two-minute offense, four-minute offense. And then the other thing that's really, that's really expanded in terms of analytics now is more people are going for two-point than ever before, going for two. And then the other part of it is, how many two-point plays do you need, and are you able to practice? I'm sure everyone watched the game yesterday. The Rams had a great two-point play in that game. You can't just go into the game with one or two two-point plays anymore. You may need three or four. So it's critical that we, that we have answers for these situations. The more part is really the different situations that will come up during the, during the course of the end of the game or end of the half. But here's a situational breakdown. These are pretty accurate numbers. They're, they're, they're based on 2016, 2017. So the fourth down at numbers may not be, it may be a little bit more than this now. But here's the amount of plays in the typical college game. First and 10, anywhere on the field. So we're talking first and 10 in the open field or first and 10, second and medium in the red zone. There's 36 plays that, that have been typical college teams run 36 first and tens and second and mediums during the course of the game when you think about that and if you were to split that up if on first and 10 or on second and medium you ran the ball half the time and you threw it half the time that's pretty good balance you'd have 13 runs 13 passes and when you think about how many run plays you'll you'll have going into the week and then to only call it 13 times in those situations is, is, is pretty, pretty unique. So my point is you really have to look at how many run plays are you installing every week. Let me go back here. Second and long, 10 second and longs. You better be prepared for second and long, right? And what the goals are for second and long. Our goal on second and long is to get half the yards back. So if it's second and 10, we want to get to third and five. There's six. And, and this is in actually 10 second longs in, in the open field, three second longs in the red zone, third and long six, 
in the open field, two in the red zone, third and medium, five and three, third and short, three times, and then first and goal twice. And so really, third and short, typical game. Some people obviously have a couple more and a couple less, but three third and shorts. So how many third and shorts do you think you need to carry and practice going into a game if that situation's only going to come up three times? So this, this is an average game. I think everyone basically does their own research on their own team and figures these numbers out and, and can really set their game planning each week to this, this type of breakdown. And obviously in practice, that breakdown is consistent with this, but also consistent with the, the most taxing situations on your team. Obviously, first and 10 isn't as important as fourth down in a lot of cases. This, this play right here on fourth down could be the difference between winning and losing. This play on first down is just going to set you up for some of the other things. So obviously, there's a little bit more of an importance during the course of a game on some of those situations. So what we do every week based on those looks is set up a game plan board. And I'm going to talk about the game plan board before I go into the actual strategy of game planning. But this is what we'll do. We'll put, we've got a big game plan board that's got a section called base down runs. We already talked about it. There's, if you split up your base downs 50-50, you'll get maybe 13 base down runs in the open field during the course of the game. Now, if you're a team that runs the ball heavy and doesn't throw the football, you may get 26 base down runs. If you're a team, last night you watched the Buffalo Bills, they didn't even run the ball in the first half very much. So they may have their base, their base pass sheet may be more in this 26 range. But to keep things even, let's say there's going to be 13 and 13 during the course of a game. So what we'll do is we'll put 10 plays on a board. We'll put down 10, 10 offensive plays on our base down run board. We'll put 10 plays on our base down pass, we'll have two or three gadgets. In our base down passes, we'll have play action, quick, drop back, sprint out, and screens. And that'll encompass the 10. We're going to have second and we're going to have a second and long category. And as we already said, there's probably going to be 13 second and longs during the course of a typical game, potentially less or more, but we're going to we're going to script for each runs and passes on our game plan board. Third and short, we're going to put down three each. Three runs, three passes. We, we know that there's going to be a total of three in the game. We're going, to, we're going to put down three on our game plan board. Three, three runs and three passes that we like. And our third and medium board, we realize there's probably going to be eight calls. We're going to put down three runs and five passes. And, and our passes are going to be broken down in the quick game, drop back, sprint out, and screens. Okay? And our third and long board, we're going to do two runs and five passes, three dropbacks, a sprint out, and a screen in that pass category. We're going to have fourth down calls that we're going to get ready for. And what we're going to have is we're going to have, we're going to make one each on a fourth down call, running a pass, but we're also going to pull from these categories. We're going to pull them from these categories, but not necessarily the same play, more or less, maybe a different formation, but the same, but, but the same concept. We're going to break down the red zone. So we're going to have red zone calls between the 35 and 26. So once we get to the 35, this is the play we want to call. 
and we're always going to take shots. When we get to this red zone area, we're always going to have a play that's designed to get in the end zone. Now, we're not always going to throw the ball in the end zone. If it's not open, we're going to look for the check down. But we're always going to have plays that are designed from the 35 to the 26 that have the ability to get the ball on a pass into the end zone. So, you, you know, you're calling more of your, your deeper posts when the ball's at the 35, maybe more of a shorter post, more of a glance concept when you've got the ball in this area. And then obviously more of a, a, a fade or, or some type of seam when the ball is in here. But bottom line is we want to design plays when we get into these, these areas right here that, that have the ability to score. But we also have to have the ability to move the football and keep getting it closer to the goal line. So that, that's what we're thinking in the red zone. And then we're going to have goal line plays, obviously, four runs and three passes. And then the other areas, we're going to have a backed up package and then a two-point play package. And, and I really think in this day and age, got to be ready to carry three plays at least in those two-point play situations if you're using analytics. Simply calling goal line plays isn't putting your guys in, a, in, a, in an opportunity to win on that two-point play. Things change on that two-point play. You're not always seeing the same defense that you're seeing on first and goal at the three as you would on a two-point play. So uh, we're going to game plan those two-point plays as, as plays that got to finish in the end zone, obviously, or have a high percentage of finishing in the end zone. So just as an example, do this thing out here as an example, just so everyone understands. Base down run. So this is our this is our game plan board for the week of our opening game, let's say. And and we're in the office as coaches and we're coming down with our runs. And let's say we like Liz Yo-Yo 13 wide base hitch bubble. That's our call. And then the complimentary call to that is rip yo-yo 12 wide base bubble hitch. So this is this we're gonna do this for all 10 of these plays. So we're not just putting in our base down run inside zone cutoff or, or power. It's a formation and a play. And what we're going to do is we're going to do the same thing. Once again, we talked about if you're 50, 50 on your base down runs, you're going to get 13 calls off of this script right here runs. That means you, if you rip through one through 10, you may get three more calls. So you call Liz Yo-Yo 13 wide base hitch bubble. The next time you want to run this concept, you find yourself on the right hash. And now you want to run this play, rip Yo-Yo 12 wide base bubble hitch. And, and so you really see that 10 actually maybe is a little too much. But, but you understand that you may call all 10 of them. You may not. You may call this play more than you call play six, but it gives you a starting point. Same thing with your base down passes, okay? So let's say your first base down pass is Liz Yo-Yo, purple 60, go, all right? Or, or maybe it's Rip Yo-Yo. On the other hash, you end up calling it, calling this play. Once again, the purpose is to, to, to have a, a list of plays that as a staff, you've broken down all the film and, and you start putting plays up that you want to run in the game that you think are going to work and that you put them on this board so that you can check them off that week so that when you go to script your practice, you know, we better script this play right here. And then when you do, you check it off. So what we do on our base down passes, we're going to have 
four play actions, four big run play action RPO team. So we're going to have four play action passes. Okay, we're going to do it. We're going to play action. We're going to play action and, and take a shot. We're going to have a play action play that we think is more of a medium range pass. We're going to have play action out of pocket, boots, nakeds, so forth. We're going to have, we're going to call, we're going to have two quick passes on our base down pass board. We're going to have two drop back passes on our base down pass board. We're going to put two screens into our base down pass board. So that's what our base down. So this is a, a big board in the office. And this is the category base down passes. And then I just gave a couple examples here. So we're going to have a, a red zone base down call. So let's say this is the red zone 35 to 26 yard area. As an example, we're going to have a base run in there. It could be a base run pulled from the regular base down board, or it could be a base down base run that we specifically want to run. Once we get in the red zone, we're going to have a base pass but we're also going to have a special, some type of special, a reverse, a double pass, whatever it is. We're, we're, we're always going to want to start running those gadget plays when we get in the red zone, where we have the ability to put the ball in the end zone. And then we're going to have a couple shot calls. We're not, we're not going to call all five of these, but we're going to have five ready for, the, for that situation. If we do call all five, great. If they all work, even better. But we're going to practice five. We're going to have five ready. And, and then we might, this is an example right now, the third and three to six. So on our game plan board, we're going to put three runs in. One of these runs is going to carry over to the end zone or to the red zone. So you may have a run that you like better on third and medium in the red zone because it's four down territory. And, and once again, that's, that's the, the, the mindset when, when you go into your game planning. Once we get in the red zone, what fourth down opportunity are we going to take advantage of? Well, if if we get in the if we get the ball inside the 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 35 yard line and and it's fourth and less than three, we're gonna go for it. So one of these runs, you know, well, we may not get six, but we know we can get three or four and put ourselves in a situation where we're gonna go for it on fourth down. So we're gonna game plan a run specifically for the red zone. And then we're gonna have our pass plays that go. Uh, that fit the category of third and three to six. So, so the, the game planning that's going on in the, offense, in the office with our coaching staff coming up with these plays and putting them on our board have a lot to do with how we're going to practice. So, so, so this is how we game plan. So, so once again, carrying things over from that, from that idea of filling out a game board and understanding how we're going to practice. It starts with our game plan during the course of the week as a staff. So this is what we do. We're going to watch full games as a staff. We're not going to just sit there and have a breakdown. We're going to watch the full game, get an idea of how that the flow of the game. And when I say full games, full games of our opponent. We're going to watch it and we're going to record the base fronts, coverages, and philosophies. Are they a pressure team, not a pressure team? You know, uh, is it a one high team? Do they have a post player? Is it a two high team? You know, and so forth. Odd front, even front. So, so just like everybody else, we're going to watch. We're going to come up with ideas. We're going to look at their personnel. And, 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 you know, this is something that, that I think sometimes we, as coaches, we do a great job of other times not, but just finding the personnel that you can attack. 
a lot of times if you came up with a big play cut up, so you, you, you got a, a cut up of your opponents, runs over 15 yards, passes over 20 yards, sometimes there's a common denominator, whether it's a corner that's overly aggressive on double when uh, on move. So you think you can double move the corner, whether it's a speed factor on a certain individual, whether a, a certain defensive lineman isn't as good against the run as another. I know there was there were some years, and I think you see it a lot, you know, at the small college level. There were years where there were NFL guys on that other side of the ball, but the 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 guy the guy on one side, the defensive end on one side, was a true Division three player. The defensive end on the other side was a was a pro prospect. I don't think we ever ran at the guy on the other side, you know. So coming up with with uh, with, with personnel matchups that you think you can win at, rather than just going strictly through this is the front, this is the coverage, and this is their philosophy, I think is really helpful in terms of developing your game plan. Doing a situational study obviously is important. So you're going to want to know what, what teams are doing in these situations. So you have your tendency reports of what the opponent does on their base downs, what, what, uh, what personnel for them is in the game, how their personnel changes on, based on the personnel that the offense uses. Where, where and where their, you know, their tendencies are not just in down and distance, but as far as how they match personnel, how they match form, how they match formation. So we're going to want to know that stuff. So if we're going to be in a in a trip set on first and ten. How are that? How is that defense lining up the majority of the time? So we're going to want to know those things in our tendency report. The other thing we're going to want to do is we're going to want to do our own tendency report. This is going to be really helpful as we do our game plan for it because we may have a tendency where in a certain formation, we run off tackle power. So every time we, we uh, let's just say in the last three games, we've lined up in a, in a, in a trips formation with our tight end off the ball to the, uh, and we've run our off tackle power into that look. We know defenses study us and the defensive coaches are all smart guys. So, so we know that week we need to break that tendency. Essentially, we need to throw more play action out of that look. We need to change up that look. If that is the best formation to, to run off tackle power, how can we give that a wrinkle with motion and, and with maybe changing the alignment of the back, uh, making it a same side call rather than an opposite side call? So having your own tendency report is critical because the defense is going to have and the ability as an offense to break tendencies and to give a different look of what they're doing is critical. So, so once we get this information, now we're going to start filling out our game plan board. So the game plan board I just showed you, we're going to start throwing the plays up on that game plan board for, for all of our situations. Some great stuff there from Coach Collins from last year's Lauren First and Goal Clinic. Again, go to lfgf2022.coachesclinic.com to register for the 2022 clinic, which begins on March 3rd. An outstanding lineup. You can see that there. There's something for everybody on your staff. Plenty of position coaches for each position. Over 25 coordinators on on both sides of the ball. Uh, A dozen special teams coordinators and some great keynote speakers. All these coaches come from... Uh, the college level, as well as the NFL. Again, go to lfgf2022.coachesclinic.com. There's also a link in the description to this talk, as well as the clinic registration for 2022.
Good luck to Coach Jim Collins as he begins his new era as the head football coach at Wittenberg.